ever looked at yourself in a photo and cringed? Or you see yourself in a video and thought, eh, do I really look that bad? Other people don't seem to have a problem with how you look, but somehow you always do. And it's not just you, by the way, we all do that. Today, we're going to discover how you and I can be truly happy with who we are. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today, we're heading into a message called Becoming Who God Made You To Be, because not only did He choose everything about you, how you look, your nature, your abilities, your limitations, but He crafted every day of your life to be a perfect fit with who he made you to be. So let's head into God's Word. As I look around at people, big, small, black, white, young, old, what I see is an awful lot of people who aren't happy with their lot in life. And as you talk to them, what it often comes down to is not so much that we're not happy with our lot and the things that are going on, although that's sometimes part of it, but something much deeper is going on because more often than not, they're not happy with who they are. In our last program, we chatted about the fact that often that's because we feel we don't measure up to what the world expects of us. But today, I'd like to go even deeper than that again. Let me ask you, forgetting everything that goes on around you, when you're alone in a quiet room, completely alone, do you like who you are? Are you excited about you and your potential? Do you enjoy your own company? Or are you one of these people who can't stand to see themselves in a photograph or in a mirror? Every now and then, I think to myself, it's time to get right in your face about something, and today's one of those days. I mean, I don't mean to shove anything down anyone's throat. That's never my intention. But I don't know, I just feel that today it's time to really challenge you about how you see yourself. I'm someone who for many, many years, in fact for the first 36 years of my life, appeared to be so confident on the outside. I have to tell you, everyone who ever met me thought to themselves, this guy is so confident. But on the inside, which after all is where we live and where we feel and where we laugh and where we cry, I wasn't happy with who I was. People would never have guessed it, because in my confidence I used to roll over the top of them. I'm not talking about the things that we do, but who we actually are. As a woman by the name of Joyce Meyer says, it's not our do that I'm talking about, but our who. I didn't like my who. I didn't like myself. And you know, the more I tried to pump myself up in my own eyes and the eyes of others, somehow the lower it felt like I was sinking in my own estimation. Does that make sense? But the very day, the very instant that I gave my life to Jesus back in 1995, from that moment onward, I knew I was okay. I thought a lot about this, and I thought, why did it happen like that? It's one of those things that changed in me in an instant. Why? Because this is such a deep thing. My own self-image had been plaguing me for years and years. How could it change in an instant? So far as I can see, there's only one answer, because on that day I felt accepted and I felt loved in a whole new way, at a whole different level. Different people believe in different things. So whatever you believe in, let me ask you, does your belief system, does your faith, whatever that is, make you feel loved and accepted? Does it bring healing to that deep nagging suspicion that you're just not good enough? Does it bring you into a place where you're truly happy and content with who you are? I never used to be able to look at myself in a photo without cringing. 
I recently had a photo shoot, something I guess I have to do from time to time, to get some images to use on websites and in the back of my books, that sort of thing. And when the photos came back, I looked at them and I was really happy with what I saw. Now, I'm never going to win a beauty competition, you understand. That's because I'm just a pretty ordinary-looking kind of guy. But as I looked at those photos, I smiled because I realised that I now liked myself. I didn't become Mr Perfect overnight, and all my faults and all my failures and all my weaknesses didn't disappear in an instant. That's just not how it works. Sometimes I make mistakes. I don't like that, but I do. So I get up and I learn and I work on my weaknesses, but fundamentally, these days, I'm really happy with who I am, and indeed, with who I'm not. So change in me didn't happen overnight, but the thing that did happen is that I knew that God had accepted me just as I was, and that even though I could see all of the things I'd done wrong, that I was completely forgiven. He, he came to me and said, now that you have a new beginning, let me help you change. See, that's the thing. I thought, well, if that's how God sees me, if he sees me through eyes of potential, maybe it's time for me to see myself that way as well. Now, still today, so there are some things that I'm really good at and others that I'm, well, you know, not so good at and I probably never will be. Some of the things that come naturally to you, I'll never be able to do. But it's unconditional love that brought me to this point and with all my heart, I am now delighted to be who I am. I often say to my wife, Jackie, I'm glad I'm me. I never want to be anyone else. Hey, after all those years of struggling with my own self-image, can I tell you something? That is just one of the biggest gifts from God because I never liked myself before. Let me get in your face and ask you a question. Is it time for you to ask yourself, do I see myself the way God sees me? Do I love me in the right way? Not proud or arrogant, but in a humble delight in who God made me to be. Because I tell you what, God loves you the way he made you. Because how can you and I possibly ever be the me we were meant to be and live the life we were created to live and fulfill the destiny that God has set forth for our lives if we don't even like who we are? When we compare ourselves to other people and think, wow, I wish I was like him, I wish I was like her, we're completely missing the point, completely. I'll never be a basketball player because I'm too short. I'll never be a surgeon because I don't have the skill in my hands. I'll never be a pop star because I can't sing very well. But what I can be is the best me that I can possibly be. And what you can be is the best you you can possibly be. No one can be as good as you as you are. And you know something? All that's fine with me. I'm happy not to be you. I'm delighted to be me. And the reason it's fine with me is that I was handcrafted by God. And the love that he's shown me is the unconditional love of Jesus. Jesus, his one and only son, who died so that I might be forgiven. Who died so that you might be forgiven. We can't truly be happy with who we are until we know beyond any shadow of any doubt that Jesus died to pay the price for all of our shortcomings and failings, our sin. And because that price is fully paid, we can now stand before God completely forgiven, completely whole, completely loved. And if you've ever stood in that place with your faith in Jesus, Jesus alone, you will know that the acceptance of God is what makes your life whole. The love and the acceptance of God is what sets us free to see ourselves through his eyes.
think we all have a sense of wanting to fulfill our destiny, doing the things we're meant to do, achieving the things we're meant to achieve, and being the person we're meant to be. But the more I talk to people, the more I discover how many aren't happy with who they are. I spent a good many years of my life comparing myself with other people. Here's how it goes. Here's what we do when we compare ourselves with other people. All we see are their good points. Oh, he's so athletic and good looking. She's really intelligent and caring. Oh, he's so perceptive about people. Boy, they've got such great hand-eye coordination. That couple over there, everyone seems to like them. He's such a good cook. She has her house so tidy. They all have such well-behaved kids. Do you see what's going on right there? We construct some superhuman reality, which is a pastiche of the very best points of everyone we know. And then we don't live up to that unreality. And all of a sudden, we come to the conclusion that, ah, I'm just a failure. Never mind that everybody we know is good at some things and not at others. Never mind that each one of those people has weaknesses as well as strengths. See, we tend to construct this unrealistic image of who we should be and then we spend a lifetime, fueled, by the way, by the advertising industry, with all these images of success. We spend a lifetime trying to live up to something that no one could ever live up to. Hello? The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. The family next door always seems more perfect compared to our family. That job that your friend has, that's the perfect job. Oh, look at mine. I'll never have a job like that. I'll, I'll never have a husband as good as hers or a wife as good as his. Oh, my children will never grow up to be like their kids. My house will never look as nice as their... Are you getting the picture here? Do you see what we do? I wonder if we did a stock take of our strengths and weaknesses. Maybe just sit down with a few people who really know us well, whether we would look at that and go... And that's not a bad plus and minus ledger, you know. OK, there are some things in there that I'm not very good at, but actually there's a thing or two there. Ah, look, that's really my gig. That's my shtick. That's what I can do better than anyone else. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8, wrote this. This is what he said. By the grace given to me, let me say this to you. Don't think of yourself more highly than you should. But instead, look at yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God's given you. Just as each one of us has a body with many members, these members don't all have the same function. And so in Jesus, we who are many form the one body and each member belongs to the other. We actually have different gifts according to the grace given to us. See, if your gift is prophesying, then do that in proportion with your faith, the faith that God's given you. If your gift is in serving, then for goodness sake, go on and serve. If your gift is teaching, well, go and teach. If your gift is encouragement, then go encourage people. If it's contributing to the needs of others, then for goodness sake, give generously. And if it's leadership, then lead diligently. And if it's showing mercy, then go do that cheerfully. Isn't that beautiful? I, I love this passage. I come back to it often because what it says is, look, you, you can go and think of yourselves either too highly or, in fact, too lowly. There's nothing worse than when we see someone who aspires to do something or to be someone and you look at them and you think, that's just not them. If you could see me, I'm five foot nine and a half, 174 centimetres if you think in metric terms. I may want to be a basketball player. I don't. But if I did, I could never be a basketball player. And you know why? I'm just too short. 
It doesn't matter how much I hope I could be a great basketball player. When you're up against a six and a half to seven foot basketball player, you just can't win. It's so sad to see people aspiring to be something or to be someone they can never be, to want to do things that they can never do. People who want to be leaders, even though they were never cut out to be a leader. People who want to be singers when they can't sing to save themselves. Have you, have you ever watched one of those talent shows, the auditions on television, and someone comes out to sing and they think that they're brilliant, but in fact they're terrible? Oh, it's so embarrassing. It's painful. They look so foolish. The Apostle Paul here is saying, the body has many members and each one belongs to all the others. When we get comfortable with our strengths and our weaknesses, with who we are and who we are not, with the idea that we're all meant to be different and complementary, that's the way it's meant to work. Hey, it's such an exciting thing because you know what? We're not threatened anymore. We're not touchy anymore. We can just relax. We can enjoy the things that we're good at and let other people do the things that we're not so good at. And the very clear message in this is this. Do what you were made to do. Discover your gift, your unique talent and ability, that thing that you're good at, that thing that you really enjoy doing. And for Pete's sake, please get on and do that. Get on and be you. Go and do that one thing that you're good at because that's what it means to fulfill your destiny. Right there, that's it. Now, there are always going to be some things in our lives we have to do that we don't much enjoy. Um, I'm not an accountant, but I have to do some financial management in the organisation that I work in. Now, we're talking about all this stuff. Maybe you're a young mother and you're thinking, but Bernie, what I really enjoy being is a mum, just seeing my kids grow up, that's all. As though that's not one of the most important things on the planet. Well, Bernie, you know, I'm only an accountant. What? That's fabulous. I could never be an accountant. We need accountants. When we pick something up and we put it in God's hands, when, when we're being the me we were meant to be, it is just the most awesome thing. And so many people spend their lives doing jobs, aspiring to things they can't ever do or be. I'm not saying set low standards. I'm not saying don't aim high. I'm someone who always aims high, always thinks big. But you know, I don't think big about becoming a basketball player. What I think big about is doing the things that God made me to do. And when we persist and get good at them, it's so wonderful to be the me we were meant to be. Not someone else's me, but my me, your me. Survey after survey tells us that 75% of people don't enjoy their work. I wonder how many of those are trying to do a job that they were just never cut out to do. It's just not them and it's never going to be them. And yet it's not all that hard to see how different we each are. A child at school who's good at creative writing but terrible at mathematics. So what do we do? Well, we make them work harder at their mathematics, of course, instead of encouraging them to go with the creative writing thing that they're good at. Of course, we all have to do a few things in life that we're not good at from time to time. But if we end up majoring in those things, it's a disaster. When I left school, I was accepted into a medicine degree to become a doctor. God, I would have made a terrible doctor and a law degree. And the same with being a lawyer, because the law is all about detail, and I just don't enjoy detail. So pardon me for saying so, but blind Freddie can see that we've all been made differently. 
I think it was Oscar Wilde who said, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. It's a pretty good thought. Okay, baby is born right. What does it grow up to be? It grows into who it already is. Let me explain. A little baby gets born, it can't even go to the toilet on its own. It can't feed itself, it can't protect itself, it can't walk. In fact, it can't do anything pretty much except eat, sleep, scream and dirty its nappy. So is it any less human than you or me? Of course not. This little bubs is just at an early stage of life and just like we all did, it goes through all the next stages. It begins to recognise and smile at its parents and then the psyche develops and it grows an awareness and it starts crawling and walking and running and becomes a toddler and goes to school and becomes a teenager and then becomes an adult. It's a whole natural progression. What is it that influences who that little baby becomes when it grows up? Well, two things primarily. Firstly, its natural disposition, its abilities, who God made that child to be. And secondly, the things that happen to it along the way. Now, some of those things along the way are positive. Some of those things like the good parents who love you and the good teachers at school, those things develop the child's natural abilities. But some of the things that happen rob the person, rob the child, give it a wrong impression of itself. You see, bad things will always happen to good people. They do. They always have and they always will. But if we know who we are, if we let God into our lives to be with us, to develop us, to care for us, to nurture us, those bad things, instead of robbing us, end up enhancing our characters. The negatives get turned into positives. The problem is that so many people never get with God's plan for who they are. For years, I, I tried to be all things to all people. I set myself up to be this and I set myself up to be that because I thought it would make me look important and good. It wasn't until I got with God's plan and started seeing myself the way he sees me that I really started becoming the me I was meant to be. God made me to be doing what I'm doing right now, spending this time with you. I am never as happy and as fulfilled as when I'm sitting here with you. A friend of mine, a pastor, once said to me, Oh, you know, Bernie, you need to become more pastoral than what you are. In other words, you should be around lots more people and you should do this and you should do that and you should be this. Now, look, I love people, but think about this. Much of what I do is I prepare these radio programs alone and then I come into the studio basically alone. Okay, millions of people are listening around the world, but they're not in this room with me right now. If God made me to be someone who was pastoral, who needed to be around a lot of people, don't you think I'd get awfully lonely doing what I do? But he didn't, so I don't. Who are you? Who did God make you to be? Maybe you're just one of those people who loves entertaining and, and having a house full of people over all the time. That's a gift. Go and be that person. Go and grow into that. Go and love it and enjoy it and be the person who God meant you to be. Maybe maybe you're a quiet backroom kind of person who does things, bookkeeping or cleaning or cooking, and you know, when you're doing those things, you feel so fulfilled. Can I tell you something? Go for it. If that's what God made you to be, don't compare yourself with other people. Grow in that. Develop that. Be delighted with the gift that God gave you and how he made you. When we start comparing ourselves with other people, we end up aspiring to be someone who we aren't who we were never made to be, and come on, that's just plain crazy. I'm excited about who God's made me to be, 
and I focus on the things I'm really good at, try to grow in those areas where I'm still maybe a little bit immature and leave the stuff that I'm not good at to other people. People actually love doing those things because, shazam, they're good at them. It's not really that complicated, is it? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do the good things that God prepared beforehand for us to walk into. That's exactly what God's word says, to do the things that God prepared for you, not the stuff he prepared for other people that he wants them to do. God knows who you are. He made you, he made me to be the me that we were meant to be. Right now in this instant, his heart and his eyes are on you and me and he knows who he made us to be and he is delighting in us. Come on, wake up. It is time to stop trying to be someone else. It is time to stop trying to squeeze yourself into the world's mould, into a shape that doesn't fit for you, into something that ultimately becomes a distressing straitjacket and has us all bent out of shape. God wants each one of us to be the person he made us to be. I'm so excited by this because God has a plan. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for you. And we only discover who we're meant to be. It only happens when we get right up close to him, when we have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And you know something? You're going to grow different fruit to me because that's how Jesus made you and that's how Jesus made me. And if you want to grow fruit that you were meant to grow in your life, you need to get right up close to Jesus. His word and his spirit in a rich and dynamic relationship that's so wondrous and so huge and so safe and so secure and at the same time exciting, then and only then can we become the me that we were meant to be. Then and only then will we discover the things that we were meant to do. Then and only then will we begin to live out the destiny that God has for our lives, you and me. Well, that's about all that we have time for. But before we go, don't forget that you can receive Bernie's devotional fresh into your inbox each day. A powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope, and encouragement to help you be all that God made you to be. You can watch the video, listen to the audio, or read the devotional. It's completely up to you. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.org and you'll find the Fresh E-Devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. And when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of Bernie's ebook, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? That web address again is ChristianityWorks.org. I'm Jennifer, and you've been listening to Christianity Works with Bernie Dimat. Bernie Dimat